Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, welcome back. This is SEN. It's the overnight crowd with me, Nathan Gibbons. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that I've given creative license to the guests that come on to choose the song that they play. Now, for the fourth time, I believe, is podcaster, comedian. He's sort of getting into that good bloke territory, I suppose. It's Billy Darcy. Billy, welcome back to the overnight crowd. And... Um, what is this? This is Still Going Down by Morgan Wallen. I just thought I'd bring some country vibes to SEN. Yeah, well, I can safely say it's the first time a country song has been played on this show, particularly. I'm not sure what the other shows get up to, but I dare say Morgan Wallen has not been played. Well, Gibbo, it's the overnights. Exactly. We've got some good, bloody, hard-working Australians out there making this country go round. Yeah. And I think a bit of country might be appreciated out there. Well, definitely. Like, if you do want to give us your thoughts, 0433 98 11 16. Country music, yes or no? But it's a nice video clip. I do like it. Billy, mate, you've been... I did mention you're a comedian. You've been gigging tonight. How'd you go? Mate, went pretty bloody well. Bit of a hiccup before I even got on stage. I'll run this one past you. So I'm at the gig. The gig's upstairs. I'm downstairs at this bar and there's this bathroom and there's this lady just standing there. She's not really going to the bathroom. I walk past her and I didn't think she was going in. It's a unisex bathroom. She's standing there. She's doing nothing. I walk past her very slowly and as I open the door to go to the bathroom, she goes, huh, smooth. Smooth? She was. She thought you were cracking onto her in a bathroom. No, she. she just thought I was like snaking her bathroom spot. Oh, but she was just standing she was standing around looking at the goods. Mate, she was having a bloody she was watching the ball. That's what she was doing. Yeah. Call yes or no. And here's the thing though, it was a small but like single stall bathroom. Yep. While I'm taking a piss, this chick just starts slagging me to this mm. other bloke in the line. So now I'm going to the bathroom and she's like, Can you believe this bloke? He just went straight past me. So inconsiderate and starts just bagging me. Oh, is this before or after you're meant to get up on stage? This is before. So then would she have been in the audience when you started doing your comedy? Well, here's the thing, mate. So I'm washing my hands and she's still going out there. Like, this guy's a loser. Can you believe he did that? Oh, disgrace. And I'm I'm sort of panicking, but I'm also sort of revving up for the confrontation. Yeah, okay. A little bit. I'm trying to pick a vibe. I panic. I come out. I apologize. Yeah. And then I go upstairs and do the gig. And she's right in the middle of the front row. Oh, do you... Lucky you sort of broke bread before you went on stage because that could have been awkward. Well, do you know what, Gibbo? You're on the money, mate. Thank you. Because I was about to choose violence. Verbal violence, of course. And and I I chose the olive branch instead. 
And it just goes to show, mate, karma is real. Karma is real. And we, was she receptive to your jokes? I will say, first joke out the gate, yeah. nothing. Nothing, okay. Second joke, building momentum, yeah. still nothing. Third joke, got her. Oh, that, that must be that must be so rewarding as a comedian, you know. You because are you looking out into the crowd, you are sort of getting you would be getting like straight away feedback from each individual person in the crowd, right? Well that's what laughter is, mate. It is feedback yeah. at its heart. <laughs> yeah. But I Harsh. think this is I think this is just another example of the arts bringing people together. Yeah, okay. I mean, without the sweet science of stand up comedy, mm-hmm. me and her are enemies for life. Yeah, okay. But through through my observations on, you know, this dog we had at my share house and the yarn that goes with it, I've made a friend. Well, I think there's something very similar about stand-up comedy and doing overnight radio. I'm listening. Well, you know, usually people aren't laughing. You're usually by yourself. The light comes on and you've got to perform. I, I don't think that I perform uh, to that high of a standard, if I'm honest. Well, your feedback is the text line, mate. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. How are we going? Do you do you think overnight radio is just like stand up comedy? Well, I've seen a few of the texts that have come in, and I would class some of them as heckles. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, shut up, Gibbons. Stop playing <laughs> country music. This is an AM radio station. Blah blah blah. But anyway, Billy. Besides that, <laughs> I, I do love talking about all that sort of stuff. Sport. Let's talk about it. Should we? Oh, I feel like we're in, we're going really well as it is. To be honest, mate, I think we've we've reached our ninety second limit of non sport related banter. Yeah, I know. I and I mean, if you do listen to this show every week, you'll notice that I do like to do that with pretty much every guest. You love to go off road. I do love to go off road, and I don't know why. Because I'll be honest with you, Billy. I'm going to level with you. I don't know why I feel a very honest mood tonight. Is that? Is it because it's my fourth time back? Do you feel like, a, is there a trust here? Oh, there's definitely a bit of trust here. I mean, after I think after week one, there was a bit of trust here. Because, you know, you've come into the studio and I've got to give you my best performance. Last week, I'll, be, I'll admit, I was a bit razz- frazzled. I got a text message and it, and it took me out of play for the first five minutes. This week, you've got my attention. But why I like going off-road, Billy, is because you don't really have to prepare for it very often. You don't have to prepare for it at all. You don't have to prepare for making it up as you go. Exactly right. I know. Shock horror. But in the world of sport now, we both love cricket. Uh, not great. Really not great. Yeah. Really, really not great. Obviously, mate, I, I'll just I'll set the scene for you, mate. My apartment, Sunday, 3 p.m. I thought you said you live in a house. No, the timeline's off on that. I've just recently moved into an apartment. Oh, Really? That's an older joke I was referring to before. Oh, okay. So I'm in an apartment, Sunday, 3 p.m. Australia leads by 60. Mm. The world is at our feet. Yes. Dare to dream. Yep. I crack a beer. My roommate is milling around. I said, sit down. Yep. Because we are about to run the table here. This could be anything. Mm. 45 minutes later... It's like, I can't even watch this, dude. Yeah, no, because it seems like we have the power to implode uh, in a single session. We panicked. And that is is a thing that happens to, like, you know, the teams down the lower end of the rankings. Yeah, your West Indies. Exactly right. Your Sri Lankas, your New Zealands. Bangladesh, not bad. They don't mind a session implosion. Whereas us, on the other hand, I haven't seen it for a while. I know. And you could feel the boys panicking through the telly. Yeah. 
And here's the thing. Obviously, everyone got out sweeping. Yeah. And I'm in for the sweep shot, mate. Yeah. Okay? I understand it's, it's useful on the subcontinent. But I will say that I believe, call me old school, you should decide whether or not you're going to sweep after the ball has come out of the bowler's hand. Yeah, not premeditated. Some of these boys, I think Pat Cummins was down on one knee well, as the bowler ran in. That that was the most <laughs> unbelievable dismissal I've ever seen. Well, I mean, okay, first of all, what was uh, Alex Carey reverse oh sweeping? That was that was awesome stuff. Alex Carey's reverse sweep, I could see all three stumps. Yeah, did that? Is he's been out three times reverse sweep. I know he got out reverse sweeping in the first test. He he loves it. He wow. And you know, can you blame him at this point? But it's just funny for him, Bill, is that there's a bit of pressure now on him in his. In his spot in the side, I think uh, Josh Inglis scored a century. Uh, and another wicket keeper that escapes me right now also scored a century. Jimmy Pearson from Queensland. So they're like two and three in this. Uh, if we do a depth chart of next wicket keeper in line, yeah. But well, I saw Matt Short, who was the big bash player of the ooh. year, got a century, and there was an article saying send him to India. Oh, have you been listening to the show, Billy? Because you must have been on stage at this time. Um. Well, I spoke about that earlier with Dave and we were saying how, you know, after a player scores a century, next thing you know, oh, get him into the test team. Get him into the test team. I will say there is not a better time, maybe in the history of this great nation, to be doing well at Sheffield Shield level. Yes. Because people are flying home not for all sorts of reasons. Concussion. Yep. Personal reasons. Ashton Agar just didn't feel like it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's all sorts of stuff going on over there. Well, I mean, Ashton Agar, so... Okay, this is the list so far. I could be, I could have uh, Matt Coonan, I believe, is going back. So he's just had he's had the baby. He's come back, and he's going back to India. Yeah, well, Pat Cummins returned for family reasons, but yeah. he's also going to go back. Yeah. Okay, and then there's Josh Hazelwood, Achilles injury, who's who travelled with the team and is now going back home without playing. I think Josh Hazelwood just saw a free Kentucky tour. And yeah. just wanted to see the sights. But do you think it's like, oh, you can sort of sense the uh, mood in the crowd, like, oh, this is not looking good for us here. Oh, I, um, do you don't mind if I head home? You know, the, the footy season's about to start. Yeah, you know, it's I love probably one of those where the physios come up to him after the second test drubbing don't and gone, Josh, how's that Achilles, mate? And he's gone, mate, honestly, it's worse than before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, please, send me home. Send me home. I mean, it, it does beg the question of, why so many players were picked on this tour with injuries? So was yes. it like four or five players were, or three or four were under injury clouds? Green and Stark looked to be fit. They didn't play a part. We've got Ashton Ager going home who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was the next man in line, played well, at the SCG. Reportedly, Ashton Ager, I think I spoke about this last time I was in, he absolutely hit the panic button at the SCG. Yeah. And Pat Cummins said, oh, don't worry. That wasn't his audition. He'll be right for India. And I said, well, did anyone tell Ashton? Because he was freaking out. Mm. And the word is, he got the yips. He can't even hit the pitch at training. Oh, got the, the yeah. cricketing yips. He that got is... the cricketing yips. Okay. Well, that would be, be hard to cop. I heard that he told the selectors, like, I'm not bowling well. He saw, He gave them a nod, like, I'm not... Don't pick me, guys. Do not pick me. Yeah, he's bowling absolute dross in the nets, apparently. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, judging by some of the batsmen, like, they haven't been able to pick it either. Because we've, you know, for a side who looked so good at home, we looked so inept over in India on a turning wicket. I know. And the weird one about this, Gibbo, is that let's say we get absolutely ragdolled in the first innings of the second test. 
I can almost understand that more because it's like, yeah, we got pumped in the first test. Yeah. It's really hard over here. Yeah. But the boys played so well in the first innings. Yeah. Hanscom and Kawaja showed the way. Definitely. They they uh, they picked their shots. I mean, Kawaja swept heaps in the first innings. Yeah. But he picked the balls. Yeah. And then they saw Travis Head hit three or four boundaries okay. in the his second innings, and they thought, oh, sweet. Throw the plans out the window. Yeah. Let's go nuts. Well, I think Andrew McDonald said following that loss that um, we were in a winning position for that test match. And, you know, just say we go on to win it, then all of a sudden this series is one all. We've got a bit of belief. We've got then 10 days between the second and third where Stark and Green, I feel like Green is the more important of the two because he adds that extra bowler to the lineup. He's an all-rounder. And he showed in Sri Lanka that he can sweep too. Yeah. I mean, it turns out anyone can sweep. Well, yeah. I mean, Ian Healy apparently can sweep. <laughs> Ian Healy, on this very station, yep. educated the boys. So I, I don't know if SCN blasted that directly to the lads via yep, live stream. I think so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, if they were able to receive that great information from Heels, mm. I'm predicting a big, big win in the third test. Yeah, well, look, it is, it's still shaping up to be a cracking, you know, at least eight months for Australia cricket. Oh, they just need to take a bit of confidence out of this series because it looks increasingly likely that it's going to be uh, India-Australia at the World Test Championship final that is over true. in England. Uh, they'll be playing with uh, the Dukes ball, I believe, which has to suit Australia. But do you think – can you see uh, see us getting back to 2-2? No, not at all. But just on the World Test Championship, it's yeah. a good question uh, you've just raised there because on paper – we should smash these blokes in England. Yeah. But the problem is, by the time we get to England, what's going to be left of our boys? Well, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, these poor guys, Jadeja's going to say hi in the hallway. Some of them are just going to burst into tears. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a great point. Uh, it seems like one of the casualties, and, and let us know your thoughts, 0433981116. We are joined in studio by Billy Darcy, uh, podcaster, comedian, and uh, quite a handy cricketer back in the day, so he tells me. Dave Warner is one of these players whose position is coming under fire again. It's pretty much like we're in the middle of summer and he was about to go out to the Boxing Day test and we, we know what happens there. But this time around, he's not going to be able to play for until the one-day series. Yeah, it's it's a tough one with Dave Warner because... It's a weird time to get injured Yeah, when he was maybe about to get dropped. I mean, the poor guy got his arm broken and then got concussed. I mean, talk about a tough five minutes at the crease. Yeah, that wasn't good. But the thing with Dave Warner is I reckon if he wasn't injured, I would have kept playing him for the time being because everyone wants to drop David Warner and no one has any idea who to replace him with. Exactly right. If there was some young opener, there's that kid in Western Australia, I don't know his name, but if there was some kid who was smashing down the door, thousand runs in the shield, yeah, then let's have a conversation. Well, Cam Bancroft is fresh off, I think, 176 for WA. He's a top run scorer in the Sheffield Shield. So, look, his name's been bandied about. It's it's a big decision for the selectors. And, and I guess we're just going to have to see what sort of shape this side is in and, and how David Warner recovers from the uh, concussion and the elbow injury. Dave, but th- of course you can tune into. SEN next week on Wednesday, we'll have all the coverage from the third test over in India at Indoor. At India or Indoor in India? (laughs) Indoor in India. Is that a city? Yes, that is a city, Indoor. I thought you were maybe 
No, I wasn't throwing it up. Yeah, but I could have pronounced it incorrect, but it's I-N-D-O-R-E, indoor. Play on. There you go. So that's the third test match. You can hear that all on SEN starting from Wednesday. Now, Dave, you've been watching a bit of football this week. My name's Billy. Sorry, Dave. (laughs) Sorry, Billy. Yeah, I mean, I just got lost in thought there. Billy, you've been watching some football this week. I have been watching some football. Actually, on Sunday, when the Aussies were eight down in the cricket, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. Luckily for me, the gals were playing, the Matildas were playing in the football in the Cup of Nations right? against Spain. And we'd just beaten the Czech Republic two nights earlier. We went on to beat... Jamaica, I Jamaica. Believe. You're yeah. right. Thank you, Gibbo. No worries, Dave. <laughs> I should disrespect you just to change up the pace of yeah, this, no, sorry about of this that. segment. Yeah, so three, three wins on the trot. There's obviously a huge World Cup year in it for them. Many observations coming out of these games you watched, Billy? Yeah, a couple. Firstly... Absolute two absolute worldies were scored by Katrina Gorey and Courtney Vine. Yep. Seriously, two of the best goals I've ever seen. Courtney Vine is exciting. She yep. plays for Sydney FC. I think she's only like 21 or 22. And she will most likely get a big European contract next year, I think. Because she is electric. Yeah. Well, because I've heard a couple of people who know a lot more about football than I was talking about Sam Kerr. I know she scored against Czech Republic, but she her form hasn't been as high as it usually is. Yeah, I don't know. The thing with Sam Kerr, it's kind of like with Steve Smith, where if he doesn't score runs for two test matches, yeah, it's like, oh, why didn't he get a triple century? You know, you kind of become a victim of your own greatness. Yeah. And that's kind of where Sam Kerr's at at the moment because her club form for Chelsea has been phenomenal. Unbelievable, yeah. She's she's always up for the best player of the year, the Ballon d'Or. I believe that's it. Mate, and- your pronunciation on this program is second to none, Gibbo. Well, you know, sometimes I struggle on just trying to get a saying, but then I just, you know, you just try to, like, brag a little bit that you know how to pronounce it. But that's probably because I've gotten it wrong so many times. It's been drubbed into my head. But, yeah, good luck to the Matildas. We'll obviously all be watching the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is in Australia and New Zealand this year. I like the Socceroos and the Matildas are very similar in the fact that when they are doing well and they're at a World Cup, the whole country gets behind them. I, I could... I reckon that they could be, you know, one of the more supported teams, national teams in the country. Well, the Matildas, as far as teams, national teams we have, the Australian women's cricket and the Australian women's football team are probably the two best teams this nation has. Yeah, definitely. The cricket team are just, we're we're currently on our way to the semis in the T20 World Cup. Yeah. And the women's football, uh, there's a significant chance that we could win this World Cup in Australia. I'm not so we're not favourites, but we're like anything less than a semi-final berth would be a failure for the gals. For sure. And it? if we were to win a home World Cup as Australia, you know, we we were barely playing football 40 years ago. I almost just called it soccer. That's where we're at. You know, we're the, the perennial under, underdogs in the world game. If we were to win a World Cup in Australia, it would be one of the greatest sporting moments in this nation's history. Could you imagine how huge that would be for football in this country? Like, I mean, I think women's sports has got the highest rate of participation or growth in participation around the country. Uh, and it would I feel like it would just only go strength to strength. Uh, the next game the Matildas will play is over in England, 
which interestingly enough, the men's side as well. I saw this announced just the other day, and i got to say, this revved me up out of nowhere. Like, that's going to be a great... So I believe the men are playing at where Brentford play their home games against the English? I think it might be the opposite. I think the women are playing at Brentford, and we are playing at Wembley against the men's team. Well, there you go. Double-check okay. that. But, yeah, that's the case. And I will say that had this match happened a year ago, I'm interested. You know, anytime you play England in anything, yeah, we've got to knock over these, etc. After the World Cup we've just had, this is on, dude. This is on, yeah. I'm well, so pumped for this. And, I mean, look, Graham Arnold's his future has been locked in, so we'll be looking. There's so much football to get through, especially for Australia. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's come to the end of this very great segment, Billy. Unless there's anything else you want to throw up. The only thing I wanted to potentially throw up is, no, it's rugby league related, I just realised. Oh, that's, well, I mean, maybe tease us with it and then we'll see. Oh, I just. No, no, I've lost confidence in it. I oh, know, I reckon, I reckon just throw it up, Bill. You reckon? I reckon, why not? No, I've lost confidence in it. I've just, <laughs> and this is one of those things where you just need to dive in the pool. Dive in the pool, Billy. Oh, no, I dipped oh, a toe in. I dipped a toe in and now I'm freaked out. Okay, well, maybe what we'll do, we'll tease it for next week. A rugby league story. Next week, huge rugby league story surrounding the Redcliffe Dolphins. Billy Darcy has the exclusive scoop. Okay. Next week, tune in. Next week, and we'll have, it'll be round one of the NRL next week. So this could be the greatest tease of all time. Billy, as always, mate, thank you very much for popping by. It's uh, always good to um, shoot the breeze, so to speak. Uh, and yeah, is that what you would say, Gibbo? Shoot the breeze. Well, yeah, I'd usually, I'd usually say something else, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be an upstanding member of this broadcasting network, and I feel like sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. I think whether you achieve that or not, I think we would all agree, the listeners and I, that the effort is there. And we appreciate you, Gibbo. Well, thank you very much, Billy. Now, you have got some dates that you're you're going down to Melbourne. You're going across this great country. I am going across this great nation, um, heading to the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year. Ooh. March 29 to April 9. Check me out. And then after that, I'll be heading to Brisbane, Newcastle, Wollongong, Adelaide, Canberra, Perth, and Sydney. So check me out, dude. I am very talented and tickets are reasonable. Okay. And just before I let you go, the podcast, Get Around Me. Now, you were talking about how you lost your sponsor a couple of weeks ago. Oh, huge news. Manscaped is back on board. They are back on. You are kidding me. Yes. After some pretty (laughs) manipulative emails on my end. I'm very happy to say that Manscaped is back on board. Okay. And do you get free product for that? I do. I have a lawnmower 4.0 and yep. I sharpen myself up before I hit the <laughs> pubs on the weekend. And let me tell you, mate, knowing your personal hygiene and grooming is yes. at a level above that of your fellow competitors. Yes. Mate, your shoulders are back. My shoulder blades are <laughs> grinding together as I strut through a beer garden. <laughs> That is unbelievable. Well, Billy, I mean, that is great news that your sponsor of your podcast, Get Around Me, is back. I reckon we can go for two. Two sponsors. Two sponsors. I might be flying too close to the sun. I don't want to turn out like Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You know, all money, all power, yeah. no humility, mate. No, true. Okay. Well, Billy, mate, congratulations again for the sponsor to come back. And I feel like it could have been off the back of our chat. Let's be honest, mate. <laughs> 
Who saw them coming back? Well, not me. I, I, I was, didn't. Because I, I thought that was going to be good fodder of us to be like, oh, well, you, you still don't have a sponsor, but now you, you've got them back. That's like a good love story. Honestly, they should make an ESPN 30 for 30 about Billy Darcy and Manscaped. Oh, that is, the, that is unbelievable. The man refuses to give up. <laughs> well, Billy, mate, this has been the longest goodbye of all time, but I do appreciate you coming by. Uh, the listeners, mate, they absolutely love it. And if they don't, well, you can go and see his comedy. Billy Darcy, thanks for joining us here on The Overnight Crowd. Thank you, Gibbo. Thank you. It is time to take a break. This is the Overnight Crowd, 0433 98 11 16. Of course, you can jump in the text tube. We'll be back on the other side.